subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Doug, I don't know if you caught the first part of our show, but Patrick Mahomes has apparently worn the same pair of underwear every game he started in the National Football League. That's his lucky ritual. Got him for his wife. Do you have a ritual before Arkansas basketball or football games? No, and I wear clean clothes. I listened to you guys talk a little bit earlier, and uh, you guys are just gross. Let me just tell you right now, you guys are gross. Mm. Anyone that wears, like, socks multiple days or underwear multiple days, don't be afraid to to have some good hygiene, guys. Don't lump me into that. I can't do that. Yeah, we were talking about it, and that just is not appealing to me. I have a lucky pair of silk boxers, but I don't wear them again like Patrick has seemingly done for every NFL game. He says he's on a hot streak. He's not washing them. So that's uh, – he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Well, so. is it the underwear or is it the ability to throw the football? And I don't know. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll Tough never question. know. I, I guess Tough we'll never question. know because I don't think he's going to take them off anytime soon. Well, they've got uh, – they're in action this weekend. Cowboys have started to run off. We'll talk some NFL probably a little bit tomorrow. But for now, we'll talk Arkansas. Now – the NFL comparison was made by Sam Pittman yesterday, and I thought it was kind of interesting him discussing that. But first, he really talked about, again, Arkansas and the resources that the Razorbacks maybe have comparatively to other schools. Here's what he said in regards to that. No doubt that we have the resources and all that. It's hard to know everybody's budget. You know, it's hard to know all budgets. I don't feel probably that our budget is as big as a lot of the schools in the SEC, but it's hard to know that because you really don't know. You just know what other kids, where they come in recruiting of what NIL can do for them at other schools, you know, and it's a lot more than what... um, you could imagine to be perfectly honest with they had an nil function the other night and the price of a table i want to say was like three grand or or something pretty astronomical basketball team did something this summer with a golf tournament that a foursome was pretty pricey as well i do wonder like no one's ever going to come out and say but if they are behind guys how far is it compared to georgia alabama lsu or even other sec west schools well, for that matter. And let me ask you this. So if you had an extra, if you had three or four or five million dollars more than Bama or more than Georgia, do you think you'd compete at their level? Do, do you, you think, think money, you, I, and what I'm asking is, would money just solve the whole problem? You had an well, extra I think three, what people, you know, I think what people really want to know is, do we have enough money to pay for the, yeah. you know, for the guy that's going to take us to the top? I, yeah. I mean, that's what people want to know. Right. I, I'm always... I'm always reminded, you know, Coach Broyles used to say this about coaches, that whatever you pay a good one's not enough, and whatever you pay a bad one's too much. Mm -hmm. And I think you can probably transfer that into, you know, professional sports as players. And, you know, now we're going to be talking about it, you know, from a player's perspective in, in, in college. The frustrating part about this, and I think he kind of articulated it there, is that you don't know what the others have. There are no disclosures in this. You don't know what anybody's making. You don't know what schools are paying. You don't have any earthly idea what's in their budget. There's there's just no disclosure. And so it's, um, you know, from that standpoint, it, it, it makes it difficult. But now, look, we've always had a lower budget than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And we always will. You know, uh, that's just the way things are. And I don't anticipate that changing. And Definitely. Not. The reality is also when you are winning... You can raise money for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, Bobby Petrino wanted AstroTurf. They raised a million dollars pretty much overnight. And everybody that loved natural grass said, well, you know, maybe he's got a point. I'm going to give him some money. And uh, that's because they were winning games. And um, that's how it works. If you're winning, uh, you're to say you're going to have plenty of money, 
might not be accurate, but you'll have everything they've got. If you're not winning, you're not going to. So this year, whoever contributed to the fund to help, again, put this football team together, I would guess feels like they made a bad investment. Correct. So when well, they're, they're, I think there's been too much conversation calling this an investment. Um, I hear what you're saying there, and my guess would be that probably the people that have put money in the NIL feel the same way that the people who've bought season tickets feel, or the people who made a big donation to the foundation feel, uh, wherever they might be here in our case, but in other places too. Um, I don't think that people who donate to NIL, and I may be mistaken on this, but my impression is they're not investing in that individual player per se. They're investing in the program. Mm-hmm. And so I don't I don't know that they feel like necessarily this guy ripped us off, but anytime you're not winning, whether you're buying season tickets, whether you're making a donation to the foundation, whether you're putting money in the NIL fund, anytime you're not winning, people are going to feel like that you know, maybe I didn't get my money's worth. Yeah, and so on that note, I would think it would be harder to go back to the quote-unquote honey hole, right? Like the big-time boosters or the big-time, because, again, you've had a bad season at this point. It hasn't necessarily lived up to a lot of people's expectations, and you just brought up the point. I mean, Petrino's winning. Uh, they're going to, I mean, they raised $1 million overnight. Now with the football team, and I've heard people say this. I was talking to a booster last night that makes uh, that has a significant amount of money that he is not going to invest as much in the football program as he is in the basketball and baseball program because he feels like... As you often bring up, Tommy, he's going to get more ROI on his investment. And it's hard to really dispute his logic. That's only an emotional return. It's an emotional return Mm -hmm. is what it is. But for some, that's enough to put that in another, again, quote-unquote, well, basically. And I wonder if he's the only one that feels that way. Because, again, the football team last two years hasn't lived up to people's expectations. Your basketball team, eh, a little bit this past year, but they feel like they're going to bounce back. Baseball team, I know they lost in the regional, but that's been consistent there. You just haven't got that same again, and I don't know if you ever will with the football team. And that's where I wonder, again, as Arkansas, with the smaller population base, less big-time money that you can go to and ask for, if they feel like, you know what? I'm going to sink my teeth into basketball or baseball because I know that those programs are going to come through for me in postseason. And do you do you do you have that option? Do you have that option with NIL? What do you mean? Do you have the option of saying, "All right, I'm just going to give my money to basketball or baseball," where you can earmark it? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, when I I gave when I gave my last million, I didn't ask. I mean, (laughs) lots of people say that. Lots of people say that. But saying and doing, we've had a lot of saying. This past four or five days, been <laughs> yeah. a lot of saying. Yeah, uh, there's not as there's not been a whole lot of doing. Yeah, to be very honest with you. So lots of people say that. I don't know what the options are. Maybe it is. I asked a I asked a question yesterday, and I think it is a pretty decent one. <laughs> you, you mean it's not? Hang on. It, when you when you put your money in the uh, in that uh, offering envelope at church, where it says Lonnie Moon Fund or Building Fund or General yeah. Fund, there's not a box for football, basketball, nah, or baseball. Right. <laughs> church, church softball fund. Yeah. I just mark General Fund and let yeah, them yeah. Uh, let them handle that. Yeah. I asked it, so I, I would think if if a buyout was again tried to get paid out or pulled up or whatever the question i ask is would those same people contribute money to arkansas's nil fund if they felt like that you had one option or another hey you have a chance to again help out with the sam Pittman buyout or the nl nil fund i would think arkansas would be better off from the nil fund correct let me back up who are these same people who are these people Everyone talks about you know, the people that are going to pay the buyout, the people that are going to fund the NIL. Who are these people? Names in the stratosphere, Chuck. Just the the, the names well, out there. They're oftentimes the same people you've went to over and over because mm-hmm. the, the list of people that can significantly make a difference, it's, it's a short list, my right? My point is yeah. that that's exactly right, what you just said. That's my point. It's a short list. And so consequently... Um, there's only so much to go around. 
and they and it's not just us it's 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 everywhere out there i mean they're mining for every dollar that that they can get i i i i think that honestly this week arkansas's situation in football right now is 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 not because necessarily of the nil um is it an issue sure it is absolutely it is um but I'm not sure it's been an NIL issue. I, I, I don't um, I don't know that there's enough NIL money there to say, hey, we're a top five program, but there's not so little NIL money that they ought to be in the spot that they're in right now. You did ask a good question, though. I, I, if Arkansas Olsen was flushed with cash, mm-hmm. if I won the lottery and became the Boone Pickens of Arkansas all of a sudden and started flushing that program with cash... Could Arkansas? What is the height of what Arkansas could get to a recruiting standpoint if money is no option? What I'm I don't know that you know. Just having as much money as Georgia or Bama is going to. If the idea is you'll just be equal to them in a in a three to five year period, I think you'd be so what about, mistaken. So why why was A and M able to do that? Because they, have well, they no, haven't. But they were number one recruiting class two years ago. So but, they were. But, they are but, historically average on the field, and yeah. when we die, but, they will be. But you're talking about. You're, you're, and that's. 100% true. Bring that up all the time. But you're talking about from recruiting. I'm not I'm talking about... No, I'm talking about from winning games and competing for championships. I mean, oh. what the hell does it matter if you go get yeah, players and you don't win? I mean, people... Be, uh, yeah, Tommy's right on that. Exactly right. I mean, I'm not talking... I mean, I'm talking about the whole... I mean, right now, you think Sam would be in less hot water or more hot water if if he'd had a great recruiting class that, that was equal to these other guys and the record was... I mean, at the end of the day, if, if you have a terrible recruiting class but you yeah. win nine or ten games... Well, they were misevaluated. They were whatever. I mean, it's about about winning. And well, uh, we're beginning all I'm to see you have as much money as them, and it's not going to equal wins necessarily right off the bat. And you know, we're also seeing something here, and I know other places are too. You're beginning to see blow black, uh, blow back on players. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, players are beginning to get um, you know some comments about money. You know, and the pros. Harry Carey's famous line, how much are we paying that guy? Um, <laughs> I've heard people... <laughs> oh, I hear heard, it. Yeah, you hear it. Yeah, I, yeah you're right. I, I mean, that's uh, well, that's one of the things so that's happened, fa- too. Is it fair? Because sure. I've heard both sides that, oh, he's just a kid versus, no, he's a man, he's 18, he's making well, money. Most of the people that say, how much are we paying that guy are yeah, not in the we. No, they haven't given they're, yeah, we. they're not in the we. <laughs> no. um, so, um, you know, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, uh, no, it's not fair. It's not fair. Mm-hmm. To answer your question, no, it is not fair. We all we often talk about coaches losing initiative with these fat buyouts, and A and M fans have said that about Jimbo Fisher. He lost his drive. He lost. That's his. not true. Arkansas fans, some of them had said that about Sam Pittman. He's just ready to go to Lake Hamilton. He's just That's ready to do. True. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying it's been said. That all being said, the same has been said about players this year. And we we took a couple calls yesterday. And the day before that, oh, NIL's ruined this. They don't care anymore because they're making money and it doesn't matter. You don't get paid for production. And we we assume a lot of the money is up front. And again, there's no value. You can't pay for production. So it doesn't matter if you're really good or really bad. It's not like salaries in the NFL where it's justified based on your performance. So is there any truth to that? Truth to what? Truth One to the time. idea that, again, that players they feel like in certain situations that well i've i've made money why do i why do i care the rest well, of the are season? you talking about the fact that some of them were laughing after the game because that's kind of what sparked a lot that of was what was brought up week. and i wouldn't be ha- I, I wasn't happy to see that i'm not because well for some and this isn't all the nfl is not going to evaluate you on how much money you made in nil they're going to evaluate the game. The on-the-field performance. That's it. Yeah. Practice I habits, do want to talk about field. what Ty talked about right there because I've heard people talk about this. And one of the things that you see at the end of every NFL game, every NFL game, win or lose, guys are out there, they're smiling, they're asking about the family, they're trading jerseys and all that stuff. And there is the attitude, I think, among fans in the backs of their minds that they don't care. They're getting paid. And I see some of that. In fact, I see, I've really heard it this week in our own backyard. Yep. That filtered down to the collegiate ranks. And I think the attitude among a lot of fans this week has been because they were 
smiling because they weren't as upset as that fan was after the game that they don't care as much. You should be as the bad truth, as me. <laughs> the truth of the matter is I don't know. I don't know. I can't get inside their heads. I have no idea what they think in that regard. I do know that one of the impressions that we get as fans is is that players oftentimes professionally take the attitude of when I get beat, they're just saying, well, it doesn't matter. I'm still getting paid. Um, I've always believed. you got to remember, these are kids. I've always believed that's just something they say at the end because they're embarrassed they lost. When they're playing out there during that game and they're getting trash-talked to and they're getting punked by that guy on the other side, uh, how much money they're making doesn't matter. Uh, they say that sometimes at the end of the games, I think, to you know, point out to the fans that are mad at them that they're making more money than them. And I wish they didn't do it. I wish they didn't do it. I didn't like it either Saturday. I didn't like it either Saturday, but I think it's a product of the time. Yeah, and, and to your point, I think fans hate it. They, they do. They harken back, I don't like it. They harken back to the days where there was less camaraderie in the NFL, in the NBA, in the NBL, MB, M, MLB, where guys were less friendly either off on the court, off the court, whatever, uh, that there was more what seemed to be a competitive nature within this board. Now, again, I'm not, you want to you want to sucker punch in the handshake line, don't you? <laughs> don't mi- don't mishear what I'm saying. Like these guys, again, there's a level, there was a level of respect back then. There's a level of respect now, but a lot of fans today, including myself, at times, feel like that certain sports are too nicey nice either during the game or after the game. You're competitors. Well, in this. I'll, I'll 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 give you the flip side. Maybe as fans, we've taken our anger too far. When we want the player out there to be as mad as we are, maybe we've taken it too far. And so I, I, I think there's I a flip side to it. I Look, I share your sentiment. I don't like seeing a lot of that stuff after a ball game myself. Um, I didn't see it Saturday. I heard a lot of people talk about it right after the game. Before I left the stadium, I heard people talk about it. But I didn't see it. You don't know what's in these kids' heads. But um, I do know that you're right. That is something that sticks in people's crawl. There's no doubt about it. Thanksgiving dinner will be memorable this year at the historic Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in Hot Springs. Thursday, November 23rd from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. in the Venetian Dining Room, you'll have a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12, dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6, eat free. Reservations required. Must have credit card to hold reservations. Call 501 623 7771 or log on at arlington slash dining for reservations and complete menu items. Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore. He's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785. 531-2785. Online at teague-law.com. The Teague Law Firm. If they can't help you, they'll talk baseball. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right down to UFC and boxing. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way for you to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B L E A V. B L E A V. Bet online. Where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Tom Murphy of the Whole Hog Sports and the Arkansas Democrat Gazette was sitting in on Sam Pittman's press conference yesterday and uh, heard all this stuff. Tom, what did you make of some of Sam's responses concerning NIL? Yeah, I think I heard um, all the words Sam said yesterday, which was uh, SEC teleconference, our, our Zoom with him, and then um, Sam Pittman live with Chuck. 
And um, I will I will say that, you know, you can tell he's feeling the pressure, he's feeling the heat, and um, I think he was just pretty much being honest about the NIL that that they hear what other you know recruits say. Well, someone says offer me this or that, and um, it it does feel like Arkansas is behind a little bit, um, and. So, I, I don't know. I think he's kind of laying it all out there and letting the people kind of determine where 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 things stand with the program. I mean, you can't reverse the result, which are a bunch of losses in one-score games that some of them they could have won, many of them, them on the road. Hey, if they could have manufactured some of their performances like against at, at Bama, at Ole Miss, at LSU, and had that against Mississippi State and Auburn, they probably would have won those games. So it's it's a little bit mystifying, and I know there's plenty of fans who who um, you know don't want to hear it anymore. But those are the those are the facts. Tom, there's only been a couple like blowout losses in the Sam Pittman era at home. You think about Georgia, you were up at half first year. They ended up coming up beat you by 27. Bama blasted you that year. Uh, you lost last year by 20 something. Alabama, you know, it was a game in the fourth quarter. This is the first. Yeah. Time this year though it's happened how do you think this team is able to bounce back with again it being their first time right and you know what it's interesting that that's about the first thing that came out of sam's uh, mouth last night with with chuck on the on the show was that hey this is the first this is the first time we've had a result like this and and, and it's basically um pretty non-competitive and so you know that being the last thing on everyone's minds it's I, you know that's what kind of led, I think, a lot to the uh, uproar, so to speak. Um, yeah, they really need to beat um, Florida International handily, and if it's a if it's a tight game, then like he's not making an argument to stay around. Uh, it, it, they need to win. They need to look good. They need to, to be able to run the ball. And I think when you look at the course of the season, it started in week two. I mean. Week one was what it was. They didn't run it quite like, you know, you felt like they could against Western Carolina. But the fact that Kent State held their run game down, it's, it's almost like it set the tempo for the season. And uh, even though they had pretty good offense against BYU, um, it just it, it just got frustrating from there. And so they need to tackle better. They really need to hold Kent State down. I mean, uh, FIU down. This is a, a freshman quarterback with a lighter-than-normal line. Arkansas's defensive front really needs to, to to shut down the run game, and and if they look good and all that, then I think they'll be a, a pretty good amount riding on this Missouri game. Tom Murphy with us on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. As I'm looking at these statistical comparisons for FIU and Arkansas, there's a lot of uh, statistics for FIU that are outside the top 100 offensively, even defensively. Mm-hmm. One area they do stand out. Maybe their best area statistically is punt return average, 25th in the country. They lead Conference USA. That's an area that last week uh, gave Arkansas a problem early in the game. You mentioned Arkansas not just winning, but winning with some style points. Uh, What does have to happen? And I don't think you can have another breakdown in special teams to make it happen, Tom. No, you can't. And Boy, I looked at that punt return in detail and kind of wrote about it this week. Um, You know, I think... I think Max Fletcher outpunted the coverage. Apparently, he punted to the wrong zone. So if you can if you can punt that distance, but punt over to an edge, then you you have your you know return uh, coverage set up to contain it better. But when uh, Scott caught that punt, I think at his own twenty six yard line, um, the Gunners Broden and Ladarius Bishop were seven and eight yards away, and so. And they had a guy on him, so that gave him the, the ability to, to, you know, get going, so to speak. And then there was a couple of turnstile tackles um, where he just ran through arm tackles, and um, you know, it, it, they just didn't have enough guys around the ball, so, so to speak. And I think you can extend having guys around the ball on punt return to on defense as well. There were too many times where an Auburn ball carrier just needed to break one tackle. I mean, you think about the the Fairweather's touchdown you know Jalen Braxton he's given up multiple inches in height and he and he went low and Fairweather broke the tackle um on Peyton Thorne's first touchdown run um it was Jaheim Thomas in the hole I mean it's, it's a no gain basically if he comes up with a tackle so 
I don't know. There's a lot of lot of issues, but tackling is one of them, and uh, not out out punting your coverage is another. But man, <laughs> you're having to dig pretty deep, man, to get to the fact their punt return is is well, you know, well regarded punt return team because otherwise their stats just don't look very good. It's a rebuilding team. Yeah, Rocket Sanders looked good a couple of weeks ago. Last week, eight carries, no yards. Coach has spoken to him. Uh, what do you expect from Rocket this week? Um, well, hopefully having a crease to get through. Um, and he ran with such purpose down there near home. His son was in attendance, a lot of family. Um, every time he touched the ball the other night, uh, I mean, he went backwards one time when I think if he had just cut up, it at least would have been like a no gain instead of a, I think it was an eight. Um, and so he wound up with eight carries for no yard, which is just almost unfathomable when you think of how, how good of a running team they've been the last couple of years. So uh, I will say this. If the Sam Pittman regime lasts on until next year, they have to they have to come up with a way that, you know, they're running downhill on you. Like Auburn, Auburn was the team that ran, you know, they had the eye of the tiger or whatever you want to say last week on both sides of the ball. They were defeating blocks um, on defense and getting to the ball carrier, putting pressure in the backfield and on offense. They were going downhill. They were running with purpose, and they were getting into the secondary and making things tough. And Arkansas has to somehow reclaim that, you know, that want to and that will. Tom Tom Murphy with us here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline, Whole Hog Sports, Arkansas Democrat Gazette. So we've got a few texts this morning, Tom. Does that mean a change in the offensive line coach in Cody Kennedy, where technique is often described as the problem with this year's group? You know, um, Sam Pittman. I think he thinks of Cody somewhat as a you know a son almost, and uh, so he's going to have to think long and hard about you know how how well developed their linemen are because um, if you look over the course of his career, offensive line play has just been a staple. Recruiting it, developing it, getting it ready for the NFL, and. This this unit hasn't come along as you'd expected. This unit had a couple of veterans in Latham and Limmer, and they're not playing at their best this year. So uh, he does have to consider that long and hard. And, um, yeah, if he's back, I think there's going to be changes, and Cody could be one of them. He's made changes at the defensive line coach, but you mentioned his relationship. He had one with Dan Enos, and he made a tough call. I mean, is this an yeah. even tougher potential call for Sam Pittman with the relationship he has with Kennedy? Oh, yeah. I, I, it does make it um, just as tough, if not tougher, because he considers Cody like a protege, you know, a, a guy that he's kind of helped mentor. And um, it, it's just been a little bit stunning of all the developments on this team. The O-line has been such an issue. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, let's go and get into your hog update this morning, starting with the Arkansas volleyball team that was down 2-0 last night to Ole Miss in Oxford, ended up coming back and winning. They'll take on the Florida Gators for senior day at Barnhill Arena, 3 o'clock again. Jason Watson's, Jason Watson's squad done a great job this year. I mean, down 2-0 sets, guys. Yeah. And come back and, and win three straight. Fourth, I was watching uh, that fourth set for a little bit, and they uh, – had a pretty sizable lead. Finally got the kill shot and got to their 25th point. Now, I didn't stick around for the fifth set, but uh, I just happened to have the SEC Network on. Watch 10 or 15 minutes of it. Don't know a thing about volleyball. It's kind of 
Kind of entertaining. Yeah, I uh, I played a little bit last night, but I do not have the same spike velocity that some of the, the girls on campus do at that point, including Hannah Hogue, who just continues to rack up SEC award. Yep. yep, SEC award after SEC award. Uh, soccer team in action this Friday night at Razorback Field, 630 against Pittsburgh. It's on the SEC, or excuse me, ESPN Plus. Women's basketball team, Phil's telling me he's driving to Jonesboro for that. That's at 7 o'clock on ESPN Plus tomorrow night. And then, of course, your men's basketball team back in action, Chuck, as they take on UNC Greensboro. There are some tickets still available for this game, but this is going to be a, a tough matchup. Heard Must talking about it this week, but they got a lot of guys coming back for this game. Yeah, Mus was mad about the way they played the other night. So um, I would imagine he's lit a fire underneath him the past couple of days. And, you know, this is really a game that I, 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 I know that it was close last year and they got some guys back. And, you know, it goes without saying you need to win the game. But I think they need to play well. I think they need to uh, be a physical basketball team because that's what they're going to encounter for the rest of this month. Uh, you know, you look at the next four games after this game Friday night, and it's the real deal. And North Carolina Greensboro, I promise you, think you know they think they're the real deal, and and they should think that way. But it's going to step up a good bit, and so again, it goes without saying you need to win. But I I, I think they need to play well, particularly on the defensive end. Because that's going to be the difference, I think, over the next four ball games. Yeah, and they had a great showing against Purdue earlier this season. Must talked about the intensity level not being to what it was in that initial uh, matchup against the Boilermakers. They need to pick well, it up. Well, how out. could it be? How could it? Be? Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. I mean, it's you have a, a national player of the year and the number three team in the country coming into your building. It's not going to be at that point. But as you said, it's got to pick up because you'll play, I don't know about Stanford, but uh, Memphis and Michigan and Villanova, North Carolina, some of the teams over there that you might match up in Atlanta. you got to pick it up for that. Chuck, I hope you get there early tomorrow night. Tommy, we've talked about this. you got playoff soccer at Razorback Field. Yeah. Playoff football at Harmon Field. They're taking on Southside. you got a football game in town the next night. And again, the basketball game. So Bud, Bud walling around there around campus, really in Fayetteville for that matter. It's going to be busy, busy, busy. So if you're uh, if you're planning on going to one of those events, I would leave extra probably 15, 20 minutes earlier than you're anticipating. It's going to be some traffic on the south end. That's for sure. Harmon Field, Razorback Field, Bud Walton Arena. Mm-hmm. It um, Yeah, it's going to be busy. There's always traffic seemingly on Weddington, uh, especially around 5 o'clock or whatever, and you took that road last night to, to get where you were for Sam Pittman Live, Chuck. I know Chris Poop Paul was with you. Now, he didn't say this last night, but he did say this earlier this week when it comes to the perspective of not just coach blocking out the noise, but the players blocking out the noise heading into this game on Saturday. Definitely. I feel like we we putting everything online for our coach there because we really love these guys. These guys are passionate about the game ball and things like that. But, you know, just for us, the big thing about it is just blocking out the outside noise and just playing our brand of football, going out. Like I said, just worried about FIU this week and just, you know, taking advantage of the two opportunities that we have left in order to get this program going in the right direction. There's always like that one or two players that would run through a wall for their head football coach. And I don't know if it's Chris or Chris's dad that's more for Sam Pittman, but he is definitely one of those guys based on his comments over the years and based on what he has said about his head football coach. Well, it's more than one or you know, more than one or two. Um, you know, the one thing that I will say, and, you know, people have their opinions and I'm not going to change any minds and nobody's going to change mine, but every player that we've had, every single player, that we've had at these shows at the Catfish Hole ever since Sam Pittman was hired. Every single player, when you ask them, why'd you come to Arkansas? They say Coach Pittman. Now, they don't have to say that. And we've gotten lots of responses from players over the years on why they came to Arkansas. Sometimes it's because of the coach. Sometimes it's for all sorts of reasons. But I can tell you to a man, They've all said that about him. Now, does that take away the the herd of being three and seven? Well, no, and I'm not saying it should. But I don't think they're going to quit on him is what I'm saying. And there may be some that feel it more than others. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. 
Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices. Now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. So Arkansas is not going to play in a bowl game unless something weird happens and teams don't qualify, APR, whatever. So a lot of the focus is going to be on two things after the season. It's going to be recruiting and who's going to be the next offensive coordinator, assuming another change does not happen with the head football coach of your program. That being said, again, Sam Pittman has addressed a couple things with recruiting, where they are in NIL. When asked about what he would change... Here's what he said. It's kind of long, but listen, there's some good stuff in here. I'm not fine with it at all, the way it is now. But I think there has to be some type of, you know, if we're going to be an NFL-type franchise, we probably ought to look at what the NFL's doing with their incoming, with caps, incoming players. Because there's some guys on the team, in all honesty, that came in without NIL. So the NIL is uh, certainly a big, big part of recruiting, and you've got guys on your team that started for a while or whatever, and it's just like the NFL where they had a starting left tackle, and then the rookie a long time ago came in and made a heck of a lot more money than he did. It's just uh, it's wild, uh, to be honest with you right now, and something has to give in legislation because – I remember two or three years ago when the kids at Texas, if they played O-line, you know, got $20,000, you know, in uh, NIL endorsements or whatever. And I remember at the time going, man, we can't recruit at all. And now that's a drop in the bucket, you know. So it's rapidly increasing. It's not monopoly money. So we're in trouble, in my opinion, across the NCAA because it's not monopoly. It's real money uh, that's being paid out there. So, yes, I'd be all for somebody putting some type of restrictions on it. This happened sooner than later. Do we get anything? I know Hunter, you're texting out that email for the, the collation. I'm forgetting the exact word. The collation of something, something. I need to read that fully. But is it, does this happen soon? Were they able to enact on this? Well, I think what you might be able to do if you're Hunter Yurchek more than anything is influence in the state legislative session something to get you more on equal footing with what Missouri's doing where in-state players that are signing with your in-state schools can go ahead and you know get, get involved with NIL. I, mm-hmm. I don't know how Arkansas or even the Southeastern Conference, because they tried, can get something done on a national basis. And that's what's really got to be done. Maybe you can get on equal footing with with states around you that surround you like Missouri in this case, Chuck, but I mean, there, there seems to be no answer from a a federal level. Well, not yet. And I don't have a lot of confidence, frankly, that there will be, I hope they can pull it off. The idea that sensible legislation is going to fly through the halls of Congress is <laughs> you know, it's kind of far-fetched if you want to get right yeah, down first, to it. Yeah. All you've got to do is turn on the television right now. But, um, you know, the it's, it's, it's a provincial issue in many ways, and uh, Arkansas's legislature has done some things in that regard to try to help Arkansas, the, mm-hmm. the University of Arkansas, and other states have too. But... Um, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about that issue before, but I don't know how this is going to turn out. But I, you know, you said, does it happen sooner rather than later? It'll be later. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have any doubt about that. Here's my thing. So we keep, uh, I keep hearing coaches say they need to put a cap on this, a cap on that. They refer to the NFL. There is a salary cap in the National Football League, in the MLB, whatever. There's a luxury tax you have to pay if you bust it, whatever the case. But there's no cap on endorsements. 
Okay? Patrick Mahomes has the amount of money that he's making, $500 million or whatever it is. But then in addition to that, he's got State Farm. He's got various other. There's no cap on that. So that, to me, is the rub, right? You keep talking about wanting to cap all this. This is what the NFL does. They don't have any cap on endorsements, which NIL is supposed to be, quote-unquote, endorsements. So that's where I, I don't understand. We're, you know, we live in a capitalistic society where the whole idea of the American dream is that you're not limited in the funds that you can make if you're really good at what you do and they continue to prosper. What we are telling these kids is that, oh, you, you may be really good. You may be the top you're going to be. You can only make this amount of money because we have to make it fair for everyone else. And I know where Arkansas is in a situation in football where you want that to be the case. We're not in basketball. We're not in baseball. It's just a football team that's, that's dealing with this. That's, 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 that's certainly one thing to focus on. Another thing to focus on is the fact that you do have athletes who are being paid who have no name, image, and likeness value whatsoever. There would be of no value to any company out there looking for an endorser. But they are still getting paid money off name, image, and likeness. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying you're always going to have a disparity. Yeah. The, you know, the idea that everything's going to be fair, um, that's just not life. And if that's the message we're sending them, then that's the worst message of all. Is that, you know, if we're trying to tell them everything's going to be fair... I mean, that's that's the worst life lesson you can tell a kid, mm-hmm. quite frankly. So you're always going to have people that are going to make more than others. And there are always going to be people out there wherever you work, as I said a little bit earlier in the show, that you look at and you go, why, why is that guy even making a nickel? You know, that's just life. And you better learn to deal with it. And this is the situation that we have created and I don't think the clock's going to turn back on this. I don't think anybody's going to bail anybody out. I think the best you can hope for is disclosure. I think that's the okay. best you can hope for. I don't also see coaches petitioning to decrease buyouts or decrease salaries or anything like that. It just seems like in this case, when it comes to the players, there needs to be a limit. I have not heard one head football coach, or any coach for that matter, come out and say, we're overpaid. This has become an issue as well. Heck, Texas A&M, like we said, it's about to pay $76 million to a head football coach that's no longer going to be their head football coach. I just find it funny that these coaches out there who are making upteen millions of dollars are saying, you know what, we can't deal with this on our campus, the amount of money, the influx of money that's coming through. It's funny. I think you're simplifying it. I think you're simplifying it. And, and, and... I think it is more complex than that. I hear what you're saying, but I, I, I think that's simplifying the issue. There, there, uh, there are caps in all sorts of professional sports, and every business out there mm-hmm. has a budget. And so um, you may, you know, you're always going to have that, that situation come up. I hear what you're saying, but I think it's more complicated well, than But that. again, there's caps from the actual franchise. I under- well, uh, no, there's you know, collective bargaining, and it's an agreement yeah, between the union and the league. Yeah, okay. There right, is no right, union. Right. There is no collective bargaining. All that bargaining. stuff's bargained over. Um, it's not as though that is imposed. It is It is collectively bargained it's over. agreed upon. There is no body with the student athlete. Yeah, we've, we've talked about that. And that's and why it will legally is, not stand until I there is. I suspect if there is, and, and, and this is the reason that you know, it's a complicated issue, and, and and I don't know that there's a wrong answer. I'm going to say you're wrong, mm-hmm. but 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 what I'm saying is, all right, let's say you make a move to cap, all right? Let's say they're able to pull that off. Well, the first thing the players are going to do is organize, because then what's the cap going to be? Are you telling me the players don't have a say in what the cap is? Of course they ought to have a say in what the cap is, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're bargaining. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're bargaining. Well, kids aren't as good as adults at bargaining, so they're going to have to have some adult represent them in that bargaining. I, I, yes, I, I personally, I philosophically agree with the idea of some sort of cap, but I also know that it's going to be very difficult to do that 
without the players becoming much more organized than they are. This is just a Pandora's box, and and it's it's a uh, there there are a myriad of angles from which to come on this, and I just don't know that there are very many good answers. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons we enjoy the NFL as much as we do, and there's there's a a multitude of reasons, but it's the parody of the games. It's the excitement in the fourth quarter. And it's and I understand there's 32 teams versus 130 or whatever it is now in FBS football and really about 65 or 6 or whatever it is in Power 5 football. But the parity in the league is set up by the salary cap and by a draft and by the mechanics of how the rosters are made. I mean, you're trying to achieve something that's semi-parallel to the NFL, but none of the mechanics are the same of how you formulate rosters or go about, you know, the, the mechanics or the, or the actual day-to-day operations of business. All the NFL teams, all professional teams are in major markets. I mean, major, major markets, biggest cities in our country. When you talk about cap, college sports, things of that nature, there are areas of our country, and we just happen to live in one of them, where we don't have major population centers. If, say, for example, you're the University of Georgia, and you've got Atlanta, or you're the University of Florida, and you've got Miami and Orlando and Tampa and Tallahassee, and you're in Arkansas and you've got Little Rock, or you're in Mississippi and you've got Jackson. Well, who do you think's going to have the most money? Who do you think's going to be able to raise the most money for anything? It's going to be Georgia and Florida, yeah. simply by virtue of numbers. And so. Uh, again, there, there there are so many angles from which to come on this, and and I, I just I just think it's a Pandora's box. I, uh-huh. I don't think there's ever going to be a system that everybody's happy with. And then if you come up with a system, which we've had a system for recruiting, we've had a system for many things for many years in college football, college sports. Who's to say Georgia or Bama or any other school doesn't bend those rules, too? Just like rules have been bent for years. So the idea that, well, we're going to limit everyone to $7.25 million in their football NIL fund. Well, who's to say that and who's going to oversee that? Because if you believe for a minute that they're not going to stretch those rules once you put a limit in place, well, that's naive. Well, whatever the uh, final cap figure is, you better plan to spend that much money on enforcement too, yeah. because that's uh, you know everybody's going to be trying to trying to circumvent that, and that's just kind of how it works. But look, whether it's whether we've got nil, whether we go back to the old way, the guys with the most money are always going to have the most money. Mm-hmm. And as I said, when all this started three four years ago, there aren't many systems that people devise out there where the rich don't become richer. And by virtue, the poor become poorer. And that's just, that's how this is working. It, it's, it's, it's really not much different if you get right down to it. You mentioned the examples of Georgia and Mississippi. Just what Lane Kiffin said the other day really stood out to me, how Georgia has 20-plus five-stars on their roster. Ole Miss has one. Arkansas, I don't believe, has, well, actually, you might have got one in the portal. Um, but you didn't get one out, you haven't got one out of high school anytime lately. Telvin game was the last one at this point. So, and there is a stark difference between rosters and Kiffin's comments really ranked well, through me the other day. We were talking about money, though, and that's been pri- that's been the primary discussion today. Yeah, you're right about all that, but but in 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 terms of money, which is where we started this conversation, the NIL and all that stuff. The states with your major population centers are going to raise the most money. Well, to that that's point, just, that, that's just simple math. Georgia's the the reason I bring that up is because in the uh, I think USA Today had it. Georgia spent the most money on recruiting. Now we don't have the NIL figures, but I would guess based on the numbers that we saw from USA Today saying that Georgia spent the most money on recruiting in the Southeastern Conference and across college football, I would guess their NIL, if if not number one, based on their recruiting class, it's top two, top three. So that's well, where I that's where I'm I don't, coming I don't, from. I don't. I don't think NIL is figured into what they spend on recruiting. I think that's what their athletic department mm-hmm. spends on. Yeah, it's separate. Recruiting. It's separate. Yeah, but yeah. I'm just guessing if they're willing to spend all that money on the recruiting side, then I would guess the NIL is. I'm sure you're up right. near the top two. I'm sure you're right. I don't. I don't. I don't think there's any doubt about that. We're bringing up Georgia. 
They are now number one in the college football playoff rankings as of this week. They go to Knoxville this weekend, then they will take on Georgia Tech in the final regular season game before they head to 45 minutes to Atlanta to take on Alabama. If they lose close to the Crimson Tide, and it's a tight game, Alabama at that point I think is still probably going to make the college football playoff. Do you? I think most on this on this radio show would agree that Georgia is one of the best four teams in college football. Do you think the committee would see it that way if their only loss this season was in the SEC championship to Nick Saban in Alabama? Do you think that other people like us would agree that they are the one of the best four teams in college football? Depends on what happens elsewhere. But yeah, it depends on how it happens in that game, too. Yeah, but it, it has to be a tight game for that Close, to happen. That's what I'm saying. Close loss, but, tight loss. But history tells us with this committee, the loser of championship games has not fared well in getting a playoff spot. This does not happen a lot. So I, I wouldn't want to take my chances of being a loser in a championship game that being my only loss because it hasn't worked out well more often than not. But is that fair to like, so if well, you lose early, it's like... Oh, my gosh, you can come back and regain composure. Yeah. Georgia's run through their schedule for the most part, and we're penalizing them potentially for losing against a what we think is one of the best four teams in college football just based on where it falls in one of the most high-octane games of the season. Well, but we're not penalizing Alabama potentially. Well, for let's let it their, happen before we get outraged. But, but, but at the same time, you're operating on the under the premise that everybody's the same – on Thanksgiving as they were on Labor Day. Teams get better, teams get worse. The idea is to get the four best teams at the end of the year in there. You're operating under the premise that what happens in September is the same as November, and it's not. I think the committee, if that happens, has got to ask themselves, is a one-loss Georgia team better than a one-loss Oregon, or is a one-loss Alabama better than a one-loss Texas at that point, even though Texas won early. Might not come to that. Might have so many undefeateds in there that whoever loses that game's out just by virtue of that. Well, that's it, more it the, the one loss Alabama or Georgia better than an undefeated Washington. More of a question that you have But to I'll ask. tell you this, if an undefeated Washington, and I say this respectfully, if they were to take on Alabama and Georgia in back-to-back weeks, they'd lose them both. I don't know. No, no pushback. No there. pushback on that. But I do. But we got to put them in because they're undefeated. The committee. It's, it's logic. The That's committee. Great. Does it view it? Do they view it that way? Because I think I there's know. a good chance that I mean Ohio State or Michigan is going to be undefeated, and it's a good chance that Washington or Florida State is by tail end of the year. I would me, think Florida State's a lock. Yeah. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.